You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You know, hot takes are just a part of sports media, and more times than not, those hot takes turn into. Well, freezing cold teaks, teaks, freezing cold takes. Patriot fans have some of the hottest and I'll admit the strangest takes in the world. That's why Thursday is slowly becoming my favorite day of the week because I get to hear from Patriot fans. Well, I just get to hear how crazy we actually sound. Because I think the purpose of faith is to get human beings to live on a higher plane than the animals in the jungle and that there's something bigger going on that's bigger than all of us. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Ray, a.k.a. Shades. Welcome here to the No Sources Podcast. Appreciate everybody who's chilling out. Thank you to everybody who's tuning in live, watching the replay, or listening on the podcast. We are trying to build a community of football and Patriot fans. And this shouldn't have to be said, but we could not do it without each and every one of you. We appreciate everybody who watches us and engages with us. And if you're watching, we hope you'll get involved in the live chat. And if you're not watching and you're watching the replay, drop a comment let us know what you're thinking hey if you end up liking the show make sure that you help us build those analytics by hitting that like button and if you want to see everything that comes up from dear pats nation make sure you hit subscribe what's going down people hope you all are doing well today for hot take thursday as we roll along and i'm gonna start with my favorite hot take that i heard today now we did put it out on social media we threw it out on twitter we threw it out on instagram on our facebook page we also threw it out on our youtube community page Totally, totally interested to see what comes up in the live chat. But I'm going to talk to you about the hot take that I heard yesterday that I'm going to talk about today. And that's Mel Kuyper coming out and saying that he sees the Patriots as the number one candidate to trade up and get Justin Fields. And that's a hell of a hot take. Let's face it. That is a hell of a hot take. Now, a lot of people know I have not been the biggest Justin Fields supporter heading into this year's draft. I like guys like Trey Lance. The more and more I think about things, when I look at Mac Jones, when I look at Justin Fields, I would probably take Fields over Mac Jones. Now, it's a hot take from Mal. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I know there's a lot of people out there that think the Patriots are going to trade way, way up. Maybe they will. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But I'm telling you, if Kuyper's right and the Patriots take Justin Fields, 
Well, first of all, I'm going to have to do a complete 180 on everything I've said about Justin Fields. But I do want to clarify a couple of things about Fields that perhaps is being a little bit misguided in the media. Some reports came out, what was it, two weeks ago now that Fields has these off-field issues. There was people talking about him being lazy. We heard people use the comparison first on or last on first off or whatever. Like I'm not the biggest Justin Fields supporter as everybody knows, but I've been watching Ohio state my whole life. And one thing I didn't hear about Justin Fields was him being lazy. And I see a comment in the live chat from my boy McChicken saying, Fields has grown on me. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. The more and more and more and more I think about it, maybe the more and more and more I am open to it. McChicken follows up and says, it's weird. My opinion on Fields and Jones have flipped, and I feel exactly the same. And I had a little bit, again, a personal connection to Fields because I'm an Ohio fan. So it's, it's strange for me that I got to this place as well. Rob Touchdownski, what's up? OG from back in the day. I will be getting everybody's live chat here in a minute. But you know what, man? Like the thought of Justin Fields coming to the Patriots is growing more and more on me as well. Especially when you look at the connection between him and Cam Newton, going back all the way to the flag football days. And when you think about the way Belichick has built this team, a lot of people have said that Belichick built this team to fit Cam Newton. If that's the case, then bringing in a guy like Justin Fields would make a lot of sense. Now at the nine o'clock hour tonight, when I'm on with Connor and Sarah, we're going to have a longer discussion regarding Bill Belichick's press conference today, where we actually learned way more than I thought we would. Like, I thought we were going to go into that press conference and hear a whole lot of nothing. And for some part, we didn't. But then on the other part, we learned a lot, especially around Matt Patricia. It was interesting to hear Belichick's take on some of the quarterbacks. But yeah, the hot take that Struck me this week was Kuiper coming out saying the Patriots were going to trade up for Justin Fields. Now, again, that could be one that really turns into. uh, That could be one that turns into a freezing cold take. That wouldn't surprise me either because I've kind of been under the impression the last little while the Patriots aren't going to trade up. I know we hear a lot of things about Kellen Mond and and a lot of Patriot fans want Belichick to go out and get Kellen Mond, but you know, maybe they pick him up again. The Patriots have to address the quarterback situation at some point, right? How long can new England be in quarterback purgatory? I know there's people who like Cam Newton and that's fine. And if Cam Newton comes out and plays really solid this year, that's great for the Patriots. But we all know that he's not the future. Even if he's the quarterback next year, maybe the year after. And that's a big if. 
at some point, Belichick has to find the next quarterback for New England. So maybe Kuyper's right. Maybe the Patriots pull off the big move. Maybe he, they shock the world. Maybe this crazy hot take isn't quite as crazy as we think it is. And perhaps, just perhaps, perhaps the Patriots trade up and get fields. Maybe not. We don't know. Appreciate everybody who's in here right now. I'm going to get to some of this live chat before we get into the social media pieces. Love Vibration Nation says, hot take. I've run through the PFF mock draft, and it does not take a king's ransom for us to get Atlanta at pick four, give up 15, 46, and 122 in a second next year multiple times. I have the downloads. It doesn't take a king's ransom. 15, 46, and 122 is a lot for this year. I'm assuming if Belichick were to trade up to four with Atlanta, he's going to try to push out a little bit further and try to extend it into next year's draft as well, not just a second next year, which could in turn turn into two number ones. And I think if the Patriots are happy with the quarterback at number four, then I think Belichick has no problem making that trade. Again, it's why I don't believe that New England is going to make the trade until the draft. San Francisco now picking at number three and obviously picking a quarterback. They didn't trade up. They didn't give up the draft capital that they gave up to take Kyle Pitts. I'm telling you that right now. They traded up to number three because they're going to get a quarterback. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury already came out and said, yeah, Garoppolo wasn't happy that we traded up to three. I'd be pissed too. Former quarterback. So don't fool yourself. They're taking a quarterback. I don't know. The people who are saying they're not, you're out of your mind. They're taking a quarterback at three. They've been linked to Mac Jones. Let's hope so. Because if that leaves Trey Lance and Justin Fields at number 10, I see a very real possibility that the Patriots could go out and pick one of those guys up. Make that trade. Two number ones. And some other stuff. I get you can give up the one, the 115, the 46, the 122. That means the Patriots' next pick would be, what, 96? Still have to address wide receiver. Still got to get some cornerback depth. An interior defensive lineman, some offensive line depth. There's still linebacker. There's still positions the Patriots have to address. So I would be more inclined to believe they would try to spread it out a little bit. But I get what you're saying. Now, PFF, too, I've done a bunch of mock drafts on PFF. They've got quarterbacks falling too far for me in that draft as well. You can't take everything that they say to heart. you got to take it with a bit of a grain of salt. Some of the guys, when I haven't done trades and I've just picked at 15, some of the guys available at 15, just like, I'm like, no, no. That's not going to happen. So, yeah, they they let you get away with a little bit. I made some trades there that no team would accept, giving up nothing for a lot. So, yeah, look, 
I, I like PFF because it gives you a bit of that real world experience, but whether it's PFF, whether it's the draft network, wherever you're doing your mock drafts, just remember it's a computer and it's not always accurate. So yeah, uh, my Patriots update says hot take Isaiah Zuber will be the number four wide receiver by the end of the year. That's a pretty hot take. So you're predicting that A, the Patriots don't go get another wide receiver. Or if they do, Isaiah Zuber jumps ahead of him. You've got Isaiah Zuber jumping Nikhil Harry, which shouldn't be that big of a deal. So, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be a tough go for Isaiah Zuber. It's a hot take. Don't get me wrong. It's a hot take. I just I don't know how that happens. I just don't know how that happens. Uh, Jack Wynn says, hot take. Mond has been our target quarterback all along. I like Kellen Mond. It wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots were targeting him. Again, you could use your first-round pick to address some other positions. You could trade down. You could accumulate some more draft capital. You could get Kellen Mond, who won't be ready to start in 2021, probably at any point of the season. So if you take Kellen Mond, you have to be okay with the Patriots going forward with Cam Newton for the season. And if you're okay with that, then yeah, Kellen Mond's the perfect pick. And I'm not disputing the pick and not disputing going forward with Cam Newton. I'm just saying, and and this take or this comment doesn't reflect what I'm going at here, but there's some people and some Patriot fans who are saying, well, select Kellen Mond, but we don't want Cam Newton starting for the season. You can't have it both ways. Kellen Mond's going to take a year. There's a possibility Kellen Mond could take two years to be ready for the NFL. To be honest with you. Even when you look at Trey Lance, and I'm a big fan of Trey Lance. But it could take Trey Lance. There's some people who say by week six, week eight, he'd be ready to start. There's a part of me that believes he is a developmental guy, and it may take an entire season as a backup before he's ready. Now, there's going to be people who dispute that with me. And we won't know. We won't know until he plays. But it could take a whole year. So even taking a guy like Trey Lance, you could still be looking at a whole year with Cam Newton. Again, can't have it both ways. When I think of quarterbacks who are quarterback ready for the NFL, I probably put, well, obviously Trevor Lawrence is probably ready. Zach Wilson's probably ready. I think Mac Jones is NFL ready. We just don't know how high his ceiling is. He could be pretty close to his ceiling. We don't know. Justin Fields could be ready. It wouldn't hurt him to sit for a few weeks. Trey Lance maybe. Definitely will have to sit for a few weeks. 
Whether he's ready for this whole season, we'll have to see. Kellen Mond, no. Kyle Trask, no. The kid out of Stanford, no. A lot to figure out. See what the Patriots do. Guys, got to take two seconds here here from our sponsors over at Manscaped and hear a little bit about the Deer Pats Nation merch shop where you can get a shirt just like this. You can get your very own. I promise you. You can get your male hygiene and grooming tools and take care of everything below your belt from manscaped.com and use the promo code RayRoute and you'll save yourself 20% and get free international shipping. So take care of your boys and get all of your male hygiene and grooming tools at manscaped.com. Port Deer Pats Nation is styled by gearing yourself up with some DPN merchandise over at teesprings.com slash stores slash DPN. We have left the link in the description of this YouTube video and on the podcast. All right, so like I said, we put this question out. We put out Hot Take Thursday. Asked Patriots Nation to put out some hot takes. And we're going to get back to the... I'm going to get back to the live chat in a minute here. But I'm going to look through stuff. We put it on our YouTube community page. Put it on Twitter. We put it on Instagram. Put it on our Facebook page. Over on the YouTube community page, John Beth says, Damian Harris is going to have a breakout year and be a top 10 running back. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think that there's a very good chance that Damian Harris could be a top 10 running back this year if everything goes right. Because we know what he can do when the offensive line is banged up. If the offensive line stays healthy, the tight ends stay healthy. You know, Jakob Janssen or Vitale, whoever's the running or the fullback, or maybe it's Dalton Keene can keep things open for him and let him run down the field? Absolutely. Very good chance that he could be a top 10. Especially if if the, if Cam Newton is throwing the football well and running the football well himself, defenses can't sell out for the run. If you remember last year, they were absolutely stacking the box. They had... Zero, zero fear of the Patriots receivers, other teams' defenses, that is. And they would absolutely stack that box. And Damian Harris was still running through them. Averaging, what, like four yards, 4.2 yards per carry, something like that. I don't know the stats in front of me. So things got to work right. He's got to stay healthy. And I think in order for Damian Harris to be a top 10, Sony Michelle has to play well because he has to be able to take some of the load off of Damian Harris. Now, the Patriots like to run the football by committee anyhow, so it makes sense that Damian Harris isn't taking the majority of the snaps, but do we want Damian Harris running the ball 30 times a game? Probably not. That could hinder him being a top 10 in yards. But I think if you got to like player profiles, analytics, you got the PFF analytics and you, you broke down everything else. I think he'd be a top 10 easy in every other category, as long as everything else kind of stays together. And again, protect him by running the football with other players. It'll be interesting to see if Belichick brings in another running back during the draft. Again, to try to protect Damian Harris. The dude's dealt with some health issues. 
right? He's dealt with some health issues. I think he's been on the IR for the first two years of his career. Got hurt in pre in uh in a preseason game in 2019. Last year he ended up on the IR. If he didn't end up on the IR, he was out hurt. Sony Michelle got to take over. So yeah, he's got to stay healthy. Seahole says Cam throws for 6,000 yards, 50 touchdowns, less than five picks, runs for 2,000 yards and wins an MVP. Then he overpasses Tom Brady as the best player ever and the Patriots beat Tampa in the Super Bowl. <laughs> 8,000 total yards. Uh, I'm just going to read that out and move on. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Big MGM says, hot take. If Eli is a Hall of Famer, then so is Julian Edelman. Julian has better stats than Eli in the postseason. And like Jules, I can't name a time Eli was ever a top three quarterback or even a top five. If Manning gets in off the back, then at 18-0, then Jules should get in on his contributions to the Patriots dynasty. I don't like comparing the statistics between Eli and Jules. One's a quarterback, one's a receiver. Unfair in that standpoint, but everything else I agree with you 100%. Again, when we look at the Hall of Fame, and I've said this a thousand times, is it about your stats or is it about your place in history in the NFL? Can you tell the story of the NFL without talking about that player? You can't tell the story of the NFL without talking about Eli Manning. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. In those two Super Bowl runs, I think he's like the most accurate playoff passer or one of them. Like he's he's actually got great playoff stats when he's there. But man, you can't talk about football history without talking about Julian Edelman for so many different reasons. Now, I saw Rob Parker's little article yesterday and him talking about Jules and and Listen, is there some recency bias to me believing Julian Edelman's a Hall of Famer? Is there some homerism coming out of me? I can't deny that. I'm a Patriots fan. Julian Edelman's been a huge part of this Patriots team. There's no way I can't deny that I don't have those feelings for Julian Edelman. But when you think about his playoff performances, not just in the Super Bowls, but in total... Sits, what, second all-time behind Jerry Rice playoff yards? That's a stat. When you think about the double pass, when you think about him blocking in the AFC Championship game against the Colts in 2014, that's the kind of guy that Julian Edelman was. Bill Belichick said it all the time. Belichick would say the things that Edelman does that don't show up on the stat sheet is just as important as the stuff that does. So, yeah, I absolutely believe that. Well, I've said it from the start. If Eli is a Hall of Famer, Edelman's a Hall of Famer. But I'm telling you right now, you cannot argue with me. And I've heard people try to make this argument that you can tell the story of the NFL and not include Julian Edelman. That's crazy, especially when you get into the playoffs. Absolutely insane. And not just because of an MVP, because of moment after moment after moment after moment after moment. You have to talk about Julian Edelman. Whether it's a play, 
whether it's a stat, whether it's a body of work. So, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer, 100%. Uh, Go-Kart Kid says, hot take, James White will be a vital part of this offense. You know, in most years or most, you know, I would have said, well, duh. But he didn't get a lot of play, or he didn't get a lot of targets last year from Cam. I think, though, with the two tight ends and what they can do with them, and Kendrick Bourne probably moving into that Julian Edelman role, I think James White could be very effective. Cam Newton didn't use James White properly last year, so I'll be interested to see how he uses him. A boy Ross says, Gunnar Osheski will take the warrior path like Edelman and become the second best slot receiver in Patriots history. Then after Cam Newton retires after Super Bowl victories, the future take to Olaga will step in to begin the Dynasty 2.0 to surpass the GOAT. I think Ross is talking tongue-in-cheek here. Ross is uh, Ross is king. Talking tongue-in-cheek. Thank you for the comment. Taylor says, the thought of getting Justin Fields or Rondale Moore. Already addressed Fields. Moore. All right. Donald Govin says, hope this is good news about a new quarterback. Not really a hot take, but appreciate your comment, man. Okay, I'm going to get back to the chat here. Try to look at some of what other people are saying. I'm kind of at the top because there we go. King J says, Pats are trading up to four. Book it, Trey Lance. It's an interesting one because I'm a Trey Lance guy. Everybody knows that. The buzz around Justin Fields has me wondering, but again, you can never trust the buzz that you see around the New England Patriots, right? It's always a little, it's always a little strange. I like Lance. I'm not, listen, I'm not, uh, I'm not opposed to it. I'm not opposed to the Patriots trading up to get Trey Lance. I like Trey Lance. Fields would never get past Denver. They would not. The Patriots would have to trade up to get Fields. Absolutely. And you can't get him at 10. I think that's where Kuiper had him. There's no way that Denver looks at Drew Locke and that they're satisfied with him. It just can't be. Okay. You guys argue a lot. You guys argue a lot. In the chat. Uh, Let's look at Elliot Hernandez here. says, I honestly see Cam doing well this season, especially having a year in the most complicated playbook ever, but it's very rewarding knowing it well for sure. I think just, yeah, I mean, listen, I've acknowledged, I, I haven't been the biggest Cam supporter. We all know that. I'm not Sarah. But... I will acknowledge that Cam had the the stack or the deck stacked against him last year. No real training camp, no preseason. Now there's going to be no OTAs this year or voluntary OTAs. Most of the Patriot players opting out of that is voluntary anyways. We're interested to see who does show up. But you're going to have mini camp. You're going to have camp. You're going to have preseason. 
They've been working out Pat's West. I think Cam's already in Boston, too. He was working out at Boston College. Maybe he shows up to Gillette. I don't know. He kind of has that kind of work ethic. And I wonder for the guys who aren't going to show up, it's really interesting, the guys who don't want to show up for voluntary OTAs, if Cam Newton shows up, do you think some of those other players will be compelled? Because like I'm going to assume that like guys like Devin McCourty and Hightower aren't going to show up for voluntary OTAs. But if suddenly Cam Newton's there and Kendrick Bourne and Aguilar and maybe Hunter Henry and maybe Jonu Smith, like if all the offense shows up, do you think some of those big name defensive guys will be will feel compelled to maybe jump up and actually show up for OTAs? It'll be interesting. But listen, one of the things that we talk about here all the time, this is a no excuse season. The excuses are done for Cam. Another year under the playbook. Belichick spent a lot of money. Got him a lot of weapons. It's all going to come down to his accuracy. It's going to come down to his decision-making. Cam Newton's decision-making was bad last year. But I've said it on numerous occasions. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what he does. Chevion says, if Baltimore gets Antonio Brown, Lamar Jackson is winning MVP again. Lamar Jackson, to me, is like the most misunderstood quarterback in the NFL. I like Lamar Jackson. I wish that Baltimore would let him throw more. I think that's one of the issues. They so badly want him to be like a running back in the backfield who happens to throw the football. And I wish that they would convert him to be a quarterback who happens to be able to run. I put his lack of development on John Harbaugh. I really do. And I've been, listen, go back to my sportscaster news days. I said it kind of over and over again. I just, I've always thought, that that kid has never sort of gotten the fair shake. He's never gotten the fair chance that he deserved. And get him, you know, and I'm going to say this, man. Hollywood Brown was a massive disappointment. First receiver picked the same year Nikhil Harry got picked. McChicken's right. Greg Roman, not Harbaugh. And I think it's a big problem. Uh, King J says, uh, fire Greg Roman as well. Yeah, both of y'all got it. They totally misuse Lamar. My boy master at work in the house, what's going on? Before I get to his comment... Do have to uh, say I saw on YouTube today that he's going to be going live every second day. Go check out his community page. Vote. Tell him what days you want to go. Definitely be tuning into that. Love hearing him. We'll have him back next Monday as well with us. Uh, have you talked about these spineless beat writers not asking Belichick about Brady? You know what? I didn't even like notice that today. When I finished this, I was going to go and start reading about the press. I haven't seen a lot of working most of the day. They didn't ask him about Brady. Ooh. You think that would have been a story? I mean, they asked Robert Kraft about him like 10 times. I don't know why they wouldn't ask, but unless they were told already he's not going to answer questions about Brady. Or maybe they knew that they wouldn't get an answer. 
I mean, after what Brady did, leaving and winning a Super Bowl, you think they would ask him a question. I didn't even I'm look, I might answer this question on the nine o'clock hour because I gotta read more about I haven't even listened or watched his press conference. Someone sent me the link to it. I am gonna watch it after this. They didn't even ask him about him once. That's insane. That's nuts. Truth be told is he wouldn't have had much to say anyways, right? You know, you know, Bill, you would have sat there quietly and just said nothing, but you think somebody would have asked, my God. Again, go check out Master Work. One of my favorite YouTubers. Going to be going live every couple of days. Love his live streams. He goes long too. Tyson goes long. He's got much more stamina than I do. I got to break this up into two different streams. Joshua says, hot take. Stidham will be the next Brian Hoyer, and Edelman will return as wide receiver coach eventually. Uh, (laughs) Stidham's going to be a backup somewhere. I don't think Stidham's going to be a backup with the Patriots. If the Patriots draft a quarterback like we think, I don't think there's room for Jared Stidham. Brian Hoyer got a chance to start. I don't know why. When you look at teams around the NFL right now, who would you realistically play Jared Stidham over? Not including the teams waiting to draft their quarterback. It always amazes me when people like, and I know Joshua's not saying this, but it always amazes me when people want Stidham to start. That always just whacks me out. I don't get where that comes back from. Chris says, get to my hot takes from Patreon. Well, we'll be addressing that on Patreon, dude. Relax. Calm down. Looking over on Twitter, some of the hot takes that came out. T-Bag says that Edelman isn't a Hall of Famer. I just gave an explanation of why I think he could be or is. So you guys can go back and watch it if you missed that. Bill has a plan, not really hard take. Uh, Tony says, Kellen Mond will be selected in the second round. A lot of people liking Kellen Mond. I like Kellen Mond too. Again, shout out to Master of Work. Tyson, he's the one who put me on to Kellen Mond because I didn't really know much about the kid. He did a bunch of research, tweeted it out. Uh, We had him on the show. We talked about him a bit. Yeah, like, I I think he's a, like that, if you're not trading up for one of those top five, I think that Kellen Mond is like the perfect pick because you're not giving up a ton of draft capital. You're getting up a second round. You might have to trade up in the second, to be honest. I don't know if he'll fall to what, 46? You may have to trade up in the second, but you could use your first round pick to get something big, or you could trade out of the first round, pick up two, pick up another second round pick and a later pick. Get a guy early in the second. Get Mond early in the second. Get another guy through 46. Get guys a little bit later. And I think Kellen Mond, again, after a year, would be ready for the Patriots. The Charm City player Brandon A says, I say don't take a quarterback in the first round because they're going to be some talented players and get Mond in the second. Yeah. I didn't read your comment. I honestly, I want to pull it up. No offense, but I don't want to talk about Mond again. But yeah, no, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. This could be my favorite 
of all time. Literally would rather have a disabled cat throwing the ball than Stidham. Don't make fun of disabled cats, man. Don't make fun of them. Raw touchdown ski. OG. Back to the 2017 days. When it was me talking in a stupid accent trying to be funny. Says, how much you think Stidham's worth? Fifth rounder? Huh. Maybe for a team desperate for a quarterback? If I'm any team out there right now, I'm just waiting for Belichick, especially with the prospect of the Patriots picking up a quarterback. I'm just waiting for him to get cut if I'm really interested in him. In his limited opportunities, and I say this, I say this. In his limited opportunities, that's important to say because we didn't see a whole lot of them. He has not done anything to impress me whatsoever. I don't know. Guys, we need to take a quick pause here. You got to hear from our partners over at the Rocky Mountain Barber Company and our partners over at Iron Triangle Concrete Weights. We'll be back in just a sec. Visit RockyMountainBarber.com and get all the products you need to take care of your hair, beard, and skin. Get their small batch, all-natural beard bombs and oils, pre-shave oils, lotions, hair products, razor blades, and so much more. Visit Rocky Mountain Barber Company and use the promo code RAYROUTE and save 5% off all your orders. Get your small batch hygiene products at RockyMountainBarber.com. It's time for us all to get back into shape, but the gyms are closed again and commercial weights are too expensive. Guys, don't pump iron, pump concrete. Iron Triangle Concrete Weights are handmade and only a dollar a pound. Visit their Instagram page over at Iron Triangle Concrete Weights or email an order to irontriangle2021 at gmail.com and squash that COVID-15. Hey, tell them Dear Pats Nation sent you and you'll save yourself 10% off your order. Stop pumping iron and visit Iron Triangle Concrete Weights. This occurred to me yesterday, and I still haven't corrected the problem that I keep saying the link is in the description, and I have yet to put the link in the description. So I got to do that today at some point. Brandon Maxwell says, if Stidham was good enough, Bill would have started him, but he's not. Yeah, that's my thing, too. And I think that, I know that we talked about, and we've heard lots of theories on this, that Jared Stidham, they protected him last year. We've heard that argument, that they've protected him. Why re-sign Cam Newton this year? Unless, unless, unless it was to attract free agents. But I don't know about that. Why bring Cam back if you think Jared could be your st- your starter this year? I mean, I don't have the answer to it, obviously. I can ask the question. I can give my theory. My theory is you bring back Cam Newton because you don't think Jared Stidham is good enough to lead your offense. That's that's the hottest take. <laughs> or that's my theory that you can take away from it. That one makes zero sense to me. If you wanted to, if Jared Stidham was to be your starter, you, there's no reason to bring back Cam Newton. 
Why even put that kind of pressure on the kid? Why not just hand him the team and say it's yours? Like, if the Patriots would have made a move for Jimmy Garoppolo, say, like, in February, they're not going to re-sign Cam Newton and put that kind of pressure on Jimmy G. I don't absolutely don't think they're going to. That's just my take. Beantown Breakdown, another one of my boys here on YouTube, says, Hot take. Pats don't draft a quarterback at all this year. They'll go all out on offensive talent for Cam and defense in the late rounds. You know what, Bobby? You're not the first one to say that. I've seen lots of guys come out and say, I could see Belichick not taking a quarterback this year. The question I got to ask, and you guys are a lot smarter than I am on this. What does the quarterback market look like next year? And what will it cost the Patriots? Let's not forget, if things go right this year, the Patriots will be picking in the late 20s. If things go really, really right, they'll be picking at 32. But I've already said I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender. I see them as a solid playoff contender. But if they're in the playoffs, they're going to be picking in the 20s. It's a lot different than 15. So I want to know what you guys think. Are there good quarterbacks coming out of last out of are there good quarterbacks coming out of next year's draft? That's the question I gotta ask. If they were to skip out on him. Wade says Chris Sims named Stidham as a top five prospect, but he hasn't shown that potential at all. Would be great to see him be that dude. Oh, listen. It would be fantastic for him to be a, you know, to be that kid, to be the guy that Chris that or yeah, Chris Sims says he is. I don't think he's that guy. But it'd be phenomenal because then the Patriots wouldn't even have to think about using a quarterback. You know, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. If the Patriots don't draft a quarterback in this year's draft, I could maybe entertain the idea that perhaps Bill Belichick does believe in Jared Stidham. That... Or Belichick believes the Patriots have a real legit opportunity to win a Super Bowl this year with Cam Newton, and he would rather go all out in 2021 and worry about the quarterback situation on a different day. And that's a stretch. At least in my opinion. But that's a stretch. But it's interesting, you know?
Sheldon says, I think the this quarterback draft this year is so built up because everyone is quarterback hung, hungry. Next year, it will be way more normal. Is it abnormally hungry for quarterbacks this year, or is it abnormally hungry in our eyes because the Patriots now need a quarterback? Because, like, I started this channel back in 2017, the YouTube channel. And we were already back then talking about who the Patriots are going to take in the draft to replace Brady. You know, I remember going into the 2018 draft and everybody talking about Lamar Jackson. They ended up taking Sony Michelle. Lamar Jackson went the next pick, I believe. Belichick says he didn't draft Lamar because they had him evaluated as a second round pick. I can't remember the 2019 draft and what quarterbacks were available, to be honest with you. I remember 2018. I remember the I remember the Lamar Jackson talk. I remember a lot of people talking about Lamar Jackson. But we always had Tom Brady. So it's like if they didn't pick the quarterback, it was like, eh, still got Brady, still got time. Now that time is done. It's gone. It's finished. Finito. All through. Tom Brady's in Tampa Bay winning Super Bowls. The Patriots are in quarterback purgatory. I'm not here to trash Cam Newton, but we're just we're we're really in a in a state of we hope that Cam Newton will come through next season, right? So because of that, we're a little bit more interested in all these quarterbacks. And in most mock draft years, we didn't have the Patriots looking at Justin Fields and Trey Lance or Mac Jones or whatever analyst or whatever the whatever quarterback the analyst put there. We've always had them looking at defensive linemen, tackles, wide receivers, tight ends. So I don't know. Kyler, Daniel Jones, and Haskins in 2019. I don't think we had the Patriots linked to any of those guys, right? Dwayne Haskins, definitely not. I would not have accepted Dwayne Haskins' talk on this channel. I know that I haven't been the biggest Justin Fields fan. And I'm an OSU guy. But I'm way higher on Justin Fields than I was on Dwayne Haskins. Oh, my gosh. I'm higher on Justin Fields than I am on Daniel Jones. Kyler Murray I love. By the way, I love Kyler Murray. But I would have linked him to the Patriots. I would have known there's no chance the Patriots move up to number one. Beantown says, Bill could roll with Newton this season. Go after a stop guy, then worry about this in his final. How long can Cam Newton be the bridge guy? That's my question. Let me ask you guys this. How long would you be comfortable, or how long do you think Cam Newton could viably be the bridge quarterback, assuming, assuming, 
He plays better than he did last year. Don't say to me Cam throws the ball at people's feet, nothing like that. I'm not interested in that. We know. We, we know what we saw in 2019 or 2020. We know what we saw. Just for the sake of right now, for this conversation, if Cam Newton shows an improvement, not a massive improvement, but an improvement, and the offense scores some points and they actually move the ball in the red zone, how long could Cam Newton viably be a bridge quarterback for the Patriots? I'm interested to know what you guys got to say. Let me know, and I'll I'll get to your chats when you guys get them up. Timothy says, hot take. Did you notice all the free agents that they signed were at least two years or more, except Cam Newton, so they might start Stidham or draft a quarterback? Yeah, I don't think anybody, even if the Patriots didn't make any free agent signings, I don't think anybody expected Cam Newton to sign any more. I don't think Cam Newton would have signed any more than a one-year deal. See, in Cam Newton's mind, he still believes that he's a great quarterback. I'm telling you, he does. And he bet on himself. That's why this contract is so incentive-heavy. Because Cam Newton still believes that he's going to come out this year and he's going to rock out, he's going to ball out, and he's going to prove why he should be a starting quarterback, not just in the National Football League, but why he should be a starting quarterback for the New England Patriots of all teams. Prove why he can step into Brady's shoes. Figuratively. So I don't think Newton would have signed any more than a one-year deal. I'm not saying that that's going to be Cam Newton. I'm just telling you that Cam Newton has that belief. I think the Patriots were like, okay, we'll try this one more year. It didn't work last year, but we had no money. We didn't really have any weapons. Demir Bird... He overachieved. Maybe Jacoby Myers overachieved. Maybe that's because it was because of Cam. Our tight ends, well, they sucked. Our offensive line kept getting banged up. Running backs were great, but they kept getting hurt. Edelman left like week six. You know, the defense played really, really well in some areas, but bad in others. So Cam was always kind of playing from behind or would be off the field for a long time. You know what? We got him an offense. We've we've built up this defense to be a top five defense again. Let's give him another chance. I don't think there was a single scenario heading into this season, even if Bill Belichick knew for sure Cam Newton is my guy. He's the guy that's going to lead me to the playoffs. There's no scenario that Cam Newton would have got any more than a one-year deal. That's that's my that's my say. I believe with the with the Patreon we're gonna have Kansas City or the Patriots we're gonna have Kansas City situation where Andy we've moved on from Alex Smith to number fifteen the following year after Kansas City went thirteen and three and lost in the divisional round. Maybe, maybe if the Patriots go and get that quarterback, absolutely. I don't think Cam's trying to step into Brady's shoes. 
I don't know how you can watch the I Am An Athlete podcast and still be negative on Cam. Benefit of the doubt. I didn't mean he was going to try to be the next Tom Brady, but he is stepping into Brady's shoes. He's replacing Tom Brady. Regardless of how you say it, even if he says, I'm not even thinking about number 12, it doesn't matter. You're replacing Tom Brady. The allure of Tom Brady is not going to go away. The lure that he has over Gillette Stadium is not going to go away. I love Cam Newton as a person. I have said a million times in the past, I would love to sit down and have a drink with Cam Newton, have a cigar. And I am giving him the benefit of the doubt. I've given him the benefit of the doubt over and over again. We got to keep a little bit of a, keep a little bit of balance to the conversation though. Did Cam Newton have a fair shake last season? No, absolutely didn't. He didn't have the support on offense. He was learning the new playbook. Josh McDaniels has to eat some of last season too because he did nothing to adapt the playbook to Cam Newton. Nothing. A couple of run plays, a couple of trick plays, that's it. So absolutely, I am going under the assumption Cam Newton is going to have and make an improvement this year from last year. 100%. Does that have anything to do with him throwing the ball at people's ankles or making bad decisions or not reading a defense or not picking up on an eight-man blitz? Right? No. Cam Newton's got to be better this year in that way. Having suddenly a new – having offensive weapons and learning the year the playbook and Josh McDaniels being better does not erase those things. That had nothing to do with anything. That had to do with Cam Newton. Whether it was COVID fog or whatever it was, if he can give his head a shake and get through it, that's fine. But we got to keep balance of the conversation. It's okay to say, hey, Cam Newton can bounce back this year, absolutely, and still acknowledge that a lot of things that went wrong last year were his fault. We don't have to look at it black and white. It's a gray area when it comes to Cam. Cam can come out and absolutely ball out this year. But can you really look at people who doubt him and say, hey, you're wrong. Look at everything he's done for the Patriots. No. You got to keep balance. Bruce says last year, Cam ate a shit sandwich from the offense to the circumstances. He never complained and he took every issue onto himself. Absolutely. And from week one to week six, Maybe week seven. Connor and I kept saying, love the kid. Or the guy, I guess. He's a kid to me. He's a man to Connor. Love the guy. He took 100% of the blame. Right on his shoulders. Right on his shoulders. I need to play better. I let my team down. I need to do it for my boys. We heard every cliche over and over. It was great. We loved it. 
by week 9, 10, 11, 12, and I know they won some of those games, but you get what I'm saying. It was like, okay, I'm sick of hearing I need to play better. At some point, you got to put your money where your mouth is. Again, we got to balance, Cam. It's okay to say, hey, he's going to be better. He could be a lot better. I doubt he's going to be the same. And I doubt he's going to be worse. I think he is going to be better. How much better is the question. That's where the uncertainty settles in for me. The good news is, is this team is so talented on both sides of the ball. I would even argue on all three sides of the ball when you include the special teams. And considering that at this point, I don't believe the Patriots are Super Bowl contenders. I believe they're a solid playoff team, probably a wild card. Cam Newton doesn't have to be a superstar. Cam Newton just has to play well. That's the best part of this whole thing. Cam doesn't need to make a massive improvement. He just needs to make an improvement. Am I talking out of both sides of my mouth? I don't think so. I've been accused of that. But you got to bring balance to the conversation. It's okay to acknowledge that Cam had some really good moments and some really bad moments. We don't have to pick a side. We don't have to pick a side. We don't have to say pro-Cam or no-Cam. You can say Cam. That's simple. Chevion says, you call accountability lip service, but the only alternative would be to throw McDaniels and the receivers under the bus. Last year was an outlier. I guess that's a fair comment. I guess it's a fair comment. If you listen to everything we said, I'm not sure. I probably did use the words lip service. If I didn't, Connor did. I'm starting to remember the word lip service. It was probably both of us. Um, again, fair comment. Maybe it was a level of frustration from us. Sometimes I don't word myself properly, but I probably meant it. You're right. The alternative would have been throw McDaniels under the bus, which frankly I would have been okay with just so you guys know. I am that kind of guy. You know, rile up the team. I don't, I'm not saying Cam did wrong by taking the heat. I'm not saying he did wrong at all. I mean, that's what made him so professional. It's one of the reasons I really liked him. But I have no problems when players get mad and call out their teammates publicly. No problem. I was that kind of athlete. I mean, <laughs> I didn't have reporters interviewing me, but I was that kind of athlete to call out my teammates all the time. Get you together. And I wanted them to call me out too. You know, I wasn't walking around with paper. You know, I wasn't walking around with a glass house throwing rocks. You got to hold each other accountable, whether it's in the locker room or 
public, whatever. But whatever. But I'm not going to blame Cam for not doing that. I mean, number one, the, it's not the Patriots' way to call out your teammates and speak for somebody else. And he talked for himself. It's not lip service. But I wanted action out of him too. I wanted to see that steady improvement. Again, though, I come back to it. I don't believe Cam Newton is going to be the worst or is going to be worse or the same as he was last season. Cam Newton, by virtue, is going to improve this year. My question is how much? And that will all depend on his decision-making, which even the biggest Cam supporter has agreed with. Picking up the blitzes and making decisions. Getting off his first read. That comes down to decision-making. It's all lumped in, but getting stuck on that first read and not looking to your second, third, and fourth and going through your progressions. How he does that this year will determine how far this team goes. Or how, how much improved he is. Thank you for the super sticker, Ross. Again, your comment is fair. What do I want? Right? What do I want? Do I want him to call the team? Do I want him to be a good teammate? I get it. I get what you're saying, Chubby. And I can't disagree with your comment because I said it. And I meant it. And I understand your reasoning behind it as well. I got nothing left to say about it. I kind of addressed it. I got it. Uh, guys, that is it for the No Sources podcast. I uh, appreciate y'all coming out here. I will be back at 9 p.m. tonight, so in about an hour, with my boy Connor, a.k.a. the Boston Boomer, and my girl Sarah, a.k.a. Mick Homer. Sarah's last Thursday show with us before she goes out on her own, produces her own content on Tuesdays and Saturdays. I will continue here on Thursdays for Hot Take Thursday. Lawrence will continue his Friday film rooms we'll still have gabby on sundays we'll have patriots outsider on mondays and wednesdays we're filling up the days of the week i appreciate y'all thanks to everybody who watched live on youtube thanks to everybody who participated in the live chat thanks to those of you who are watching this replay don't forget to hit that like button drop a comment thanks to all our new subscribers thanks to all our ogs who are here almost every day watching us and thanks to everybody who's listening to the podcast on whatever platform you're using we appreciate all the support from our audience as we try to build this community of football and patriot fans we may not always agree with each other but that's the beauty of sports and that's the beauty of football we're all allowed to have a different opinion we can still respect each other. We can still love each other. We can still cheer for the New England Patriots. Guys, again, I got to tell you and thank Manscaped for being a supporter of Deer Patch Nation, helping make this show possible. Go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code RayRoute, R-A-Y-R-A-U-T-H. Save yourself 20% off. Get free shipping when, with your purchase of your male grooming products over from manscaped.com. And I'm going to end it with this. The Patriots are going to be legit, kid. Come on, let's go to the Blue Hotel. I want to live at the Blue Hotel. 
podcast that goes everywhere the imagination dares. It's for the open-minded, the pleasure seeker. It's Jeff Woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality, theme-based with special guests, the Blue Hotel Hotline, and every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story. Get a room and listen in at the Blue Hotel. Begins Friday, September 23rd. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.